Welcome to Wealth Made Simple with Shaz, where you'll learn how to master your money through business, property, and tax saving strategies. Your host has collectively helped his clients make tens of millions of pounds in additional profits through these strategic approaches to business. Introducing Shaz Nawaz, an award-winning chartered accountant, property tax expert, entrepreneur, and property investor. Uh, but this particular one was uh, purchased by my joint venture partner, uh, and I. Uh, it, it went. I think it, it either went to closed bids, uh, or it, it was the best uh, offer. And my business partner, who uh, thinks similar to me, my uh, in terms of property property projects, they had they had an asking price, and he thought it was a fantastic uh, project which would work really well. So he offered them asking price, and they gave him the property. He then came to me and said, "Here you go. Here's the property. I've already bid for it. They've accepted it. Would you like to come in? Because we do a number of properties together, or work on a number of properties together." So I said, yeah, absolutely, be, be delighted. So that's how that happened. So, so, so he sometimes works a little bit differently to me, and I guess uh, he sometimes bases things on instinct and his experience, uh, and he knew it was a big building and that uh, it would work. He hadn't actually done the numbers. So when I got, in, got involved, he and I both did that together. Uh, and we knew that uh, for many different reasons, also in terms of location, familiarity, how easy is it to rent out end values. We knew most of that because we've got other projects, stroke properties in the area. Because as I said at the start, uh, I was born not too far away uh, from the New England club. So I've known that for uh, many decades, should I say. <laughs> So that so that's where we started, uh, and in fact we were quite right in terms of the numbers we came up with because we had to apply for planning, which I'm I'm sure will will come on to. So the first challenge was to fund it, uh, and then we, we we had a third uh, person who was interested, another client of mine who wanted to get into property uh, projects. Uh, so I asked my joint venture partner if it would be okay to have a third person come in. Uh, because I always think if you can help other people uh, assist, uh, uh, support them, enable them, uh, then where possible you should do. And this was a long-standing client of mine, uh, and because he was keen, I said let's involve him as, as well. Because the beauty about property, Alison, is it isn't just one business. You and I could do one deal together. Then you, me, and a third person. Then you, me, two other people. So every project's different. Uh, and if you and I are doing two together. And we involve two other people. That now means we can maybe look at four projects in total because we've got other partners or parties who can assist and support us. Which is exactly what we did, by the way, because we then moved on to other projects. So we we involved the third partner and we decided to buy the property outright uh, by paying cash, and uh, that's what we did. Yep. So there was there were uh, a few things going through my mind on this one here. It had asbestos. So we had to get that cleared up. I had a lot more asbestos than I thought, uh, and it cost a lot more than I thought. Uh, we 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 had people coming in with all these white suits and masks and all kinds of stuff. I'm telling you, they had more PPE than than frontline workers I've got at hospitals. I mean it, honestly, seriously. 
really. Yeah. Uh, uh, and when I saw them, I knew this is going to be a hefty bill, and it, it was a hefty bill. Anyhow, we uh, claimed land remediation relief, uh, and that's 150% of, of the cost, which worked extremely well. Above and beyond that, we were then able to, uh, because we were going through the planning stages, uh, I was approached by a charity that works with homeless people. So their, yeah, their basic premise was, we can't afford to pay you any rent. Can you gift us the use of the property? Uh, and my uh, response to them was, as long as the council's happy with that, because I don't want to go on now trying to obtain or change planning for something else, because we're obviously applying for planning for change of use from where it is now to residential flats. So I spoke to the council and the council saw the work that they were doing and said, that, that's fine. This is within uh, the, the current planning uh, and it, it would be fine, okay, in terms of the work that they're doing with homeless people, which is fantastic. Uh, uh, so I said, you can, you can use the, the property for free, but you've got to take responsibility for the business rates. Now, because they're a charity, they get 80% business rate relief anyhow they were then able to go back to the council demonstrate the the work they're doing and the council very kindly then gave them the additional 20 percent discretionary rates relief uh, and that saved us the best part of about i think 11 or 12 thousand pounds in business rates so land remediation relief then we've got the business rates which which helped us a lot we bought it as a partnership to later on incorporate into a a limited company then you get the rebasing of uh, the property value so without getting too technical once we've obtained the planning we were able to move it into a limited company and the, the uplift in, in the base cost meant we were able to save if, if and when we sell the properties uh, on 19% corporation tax rate save 28,000 pounds in tax which was really good above and beyond that uh, we something else which we did which isn't a, a tax saving as such but it helped us in it. nonetheless is when the previous uh, owners uh, had to empty the property because it was a uh, ex-working men's club uh, or working people's club or whatever you want to call it uh, and uh, they had those big 12 foot snooker tables uh, fruit machines and lots of other equipment in there and it was difficult for them to find storage. Uh, and the rent on that property was three and a half thousand pounds a month. They weren't keen to pay three and a half thousand pounds a month. So I I say, I, we reached a deal with them, but we said, pay how, how much do you want to pay us? They said, we'll pay you two and a half thousand pounds a month for three months. So, so that again was kind of talking to them and finding out what are you doing with all this equipment? Because initially they weren't keen to ask us to, or to keep all of their uh, equipment in the property because they thought they had to pay three and a half thousand pounds rent per month but because we initiated the conversation and we were open and willing to be supportive that helped us there and then the other big tax saving again was that because we'd moved it into a limited company if we now sell those properties we'll pay 19% corporation tax on the profits whereas had we kept the properties in our names all three of us are higher or additional rate taxpayers so we would have paid 40 or 45 percent on the profit this way 
We're only paying 19% corporation tax, so we just get to keep most of the money. So that is a benefit if we sold, but we're not going to sell. We're going to keep the units uh, and rent them out, and maybe even, not even maybe, we're going to use them as serviced accommodation, uh, which should work well in that area. Above and beyond that, Alison, what we did was, because we were buying commercial property, uh, we did a capital allowances claim. So for anybody who doesn't know what capital allowances are, they are uh, uh, fixtures and fittings in a building. So as I look around in this particular room where I'm, I'm sat, we've got these spotlights, aircon, fixtures, fittings. You've seen most of those uh, in that uh, property, Alison. Uh, and that came to 120... I can one, that was the that was the old-fashioned radiators. Yeah. And we went out, and I remember saying, "Oh, get really excited about that!" And you were going, "Well, actually, there's a capital allowance." Yeah, because they were fixed the building. Absolutely, oh, wow. yeah, absolutely. And the the capital allowance claim came to one hundred twenty-six thousand pounds. So that was a very significant uh, tax saving there, uh, which helped us, uh, and we were also uh, able to. Well, we are going to because we're. Uh, changing it from commercial to residential and we're, we're building or creating additional or new residential dwellings. We're only going to pay 5% VAT as opposed to paying 20% VAT. So I think all in all with all the different tax savings, some most of which I've mentioned here but there's, there's a few I haven't, the tax savings came to I think it was £115,000 or thereabouts. So yeah, significant, very big. Yeah, and lots of people buy commercial property, they aren't aware of capital allowances. So anybody who is looking to buy commercial property or if you're into buying commercial property, please do make sure that you speak to a capital allowance specialist. We can do that for them, but they can speak to whoever they, they choose because that really uh, is a big benefit which most people either overlook or don't know about. Two things really, I think uh, when buying properties like that, there are certain items which add to the character of the building. And I'm, I'm always a, a big fan that even though it might cost you more uh, and it might seem like a financial inconvenience and, and also an inconvenience in terms of doing more, more work. But if you keep those things in there, it does add to the character and even the culture to some extent of who, who you are and what the building is. Uh, and yes. as you've said, it's, it's, a, it's a very wide uh, staircase uh, and it, it's beautifully done and, and needs a bit of TLC, which we're going to give to it. But uh, yes. it, it would be, a, I mean, if you had that built now, I don't think you could. And if you did, uh, it would cost you a heck of a lot of money. Uh, and so I would to, want to keep that. And as you've said, uh, due to my own... Uh, Involvement in local politics, uh, having those kind of uh, names up there of councillors from the early 1900s who'd opened that building. In fact, it was the mayor of the time uh, who'd opened that building. We're going to keep that too. Uh, and then uh, that was just a, a nice feature. And I thought really more people should do this because that adds to the kind of the history of the building and how it started and where it came from. Because most times, People don't know when a building was built, for example. So that in itself there tells us it was built around the early 1900s. And it's nice to kind of have memories of people who were there at the time.
So just before I cover that, because I think you maybe did ask uh, or around about in terms of the number of units. So we applied for planning, again spoke to the council uh, and said, let's work with you. And their view was we can get planning for 12 flats, six one bedroom flats and six two bedroom flats. Uh, and it's difficult to kind of explain here without a, a photo of the building. At the back, there was a big hall, which people used to use, I think, for birthdays, functions, small weddings, those types of things, christenings. So we're, like, we're going to have to knock that down and uh, create a bigger car park. Uh, but we've got planning for, for 12 flats. Plus, there's a two-bedroom bungalow at the end of the building, which at the moment is on rent. So that happened. And after, obviously, we've obtained planning, now we've uh, started work. And it's just a case of uh, getting the work done. So uh, I think we'll get everything done from A to Z uh, in nine months. Nine months? Yep. That's the deadline. That's the target. Yeah, absolutely. So, so we used a local architect uh, and... Not only did he know the, the planning staff, uh, which I do as well, by the way, uh, it's, and knowing them is a, is a benefit in the sense that because then they know your mindset, you know their mindset, you can have a good open conversation as in, you know, what's going to work best here. So it's a, a dialogue. There's no other benefit, I, should, I must add, in knowing them. It's just having a trust amongst yourselves. And uh, so, so the architect knew all of that. He knew the building, he knew what would work well, he came up with two different uh, ideas. And in the end, I'm a big fan really, Alison, of saying if you use professionals, you're not obligated to take their advice. Their uh, uh, job is to give you advice or options, it's, it's for you to choose. But I'm a big fan is if you're going to pay somebody for advice, especially for good advice, when they give it to you, uh, if you don't take it, you better have a good reason for, for not taking it. So more often than not, Unless I've got a better idea, I'll usually take the advice given to me by the professional because that's why I'm engaging them. So I'll always ask them for, for different options. He came up with different options and we chose one of those options because we knew that was for best for the building and the character of the building and the area and it would work well for us. You've got to create a situation and a scenario where it's win-win for everybody, even if it's your, that's your team members or employees or your subcontractors. Uh, or people that, that you outsource to or you offshore you, or you engage one-off like architects perhaps. Uh, it, 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 it's good to always engage, involve them and make sure everybody benefits uh, because it, this isn't just a one-trick pony for example because we're, we're going to do more developments together so you've got to have the right people with the same values or similar values uh, and who are on the same page as you. Yep, so if you, if you need to obtain planning uh, Either make sure that you know the local authority. If you don't work with planning consultants and architects who do, I think that helps. That's always served me well. And that's always on the, the, the top of my list. And obviously being a local councillor, I know that the planning departments do work hard and do try and do their best. Even though sometimes it might seem like a bit of a frustration because they've got to go through a particular process. And I know planning can be long and arduous. I've sat on the planning committee myself. Uh, as well but I know officers want to see th see things happen so uh, I guess you got to be patient sometimes but work with them that's important and then I think the biggest learning curve really which no one could expect was obviously COVID-19 uh, and 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 uh, of course that coming up and how do you deal with it 
so we'd taken the first tranche of money for funding, about to start work, day one, and lockdown. So now we're paying interest on the money and the next tranche is coming because I'd agreed when the, when the subsequent tranches would come. But luckily, uh, that the person who's funding or the entity who's funding the deal, I was able to speak to them and say, well, we're not doing any work for now. Can you slow down the payment and not charge us interest, obviously, for the next one? So that word, well, again, comes back to what we've said earlier about having relationships, no like, trust and and. and and people can, can, can work with you. That worked well. And then it was just obviously juggling in terms of when do we start? When is it safe to start? When is it going to work? Uh, and yeah. also then, uh, you know, uh, how, how, how much time do we now allow the contractor? Because we, we had clear deadlines. Now, COVID wasn't his fault. Neither was it our fault. So do we go hard and say you know, deadline a deadline or not? And of course, I think it would be wholly unreasonable for anybody, in my opinion, to say a deadline is a deadline when something like COVID happens. So we extended the deadline for him by the number of weeks he couldn't work. Uh, and that's obviously worked well in terms of he's now, there's less pressure on him uh, to perform to a tighter deadline. So I guess the point I'm trying to make really in a roundabout way, Alison, what it taught me was two things. One, you've got to be patient because sometimes things are outside your control. So don't don't make knee-jerk reactions. Just uh, and just take your time to, to think through things. Yeah. And the second thing is you've got to be flexible. So have flexibility both in terms of the project, the people that you're working with, and sometimes I've got to be flexible towards others uh, because I'm kind of giving them a service of some sort and they're paying me for it. And sometimes I'm obviously paying for a service. And, and the people I'm working with, I expect or anticipate them to be, be flexible. So it's a two-way thing. So patience and flexibility are the two big, big uh, gains or benefits that or advantages that, that I, I took from this particular project. And those are the two that I least expected. Yeah, and thank you very much. And if anybody's obviously into property, they can join our Facebook group, Entrust Property Tax Experts, if they're a property investor. And uh, it's a closed group of we're more than open and welcome as you know Alison to having property investors there share their knowledge experience and expertise at the same time ask us questions and learn and as you've said the Shaz Nawaz YouTube channel where we try and share as much as we can and of course ask us questions because we'll create content based on what people want to know about thanks for listening to Wealth Made Simple you can follow and contact Shaz on the Facebook pages Entrust Property Tax and The Profits Wizard You can also find Shaz on LinkedIn, YouTube and Instagram. Alternatively, email him at shaz at aa-accountants.co.uk. Build your wealth by mastering money.